everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today we're joined by Naga. Naga is the founder of MetaKeep. Now, we're going to find out a lot about what MetaKeep is and what they're doing in space. But Naga, first and foremost, man, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Wayne. Awesome, man. This is what I've been looking forward to for a while. I mean, we've been in conversations for, what, over a year um, to work together, partner up with, with FIO and MetaKeep and bring a product to market. And uh, I don't say we're close. I mean, we're pretty much there, right? It's ready to go. Uh, so it's exciting to do this this podcast and share with everybody. But man, before we dive into that, um, what you guys are doing at MetaKeep and what we've done together, what we've partnered with, uh, let's tell everybody a little bit more about your background. Like what, uh, besides what just got you into the space, what did you do before you got into this space? Absolutely. For me, uh, classic kid from uh, the Silicon Valley, Worked for Microsoft uh, before that, ended up uh, building the world's largest peer-to-peer file network for them. And uh, so think of it BitTorrent, but for Microsoft and uh, everything that Microsoft does to update network of uh, machines worldwide, every software running on it, but hyper-efficiently using a peer-to-peer network. So we talk about decentralization. Microsoft is a, was able to perfectly blend between centralization and decentralization to achieve incredible efficiencies at scale. And um, it started as a pet project, and that's what I ended up working on. And without really uh, with starting out with this theory of getting into decentralization, it was just solving business problems. And um, worked for Twitter after after that, um, distributed systems, classic stuff. And um, after that. Um, worked uh, at, at uh, Facebook or Meta as an early engineer on DM, of, you know, Facebook's blockchain uh, in- infrastructure. And then uh, was a founding team on the WhatsApp pay. And the idea was WhatsApp did an incredible job in collecting pe- people across the world and enabling them to send messages as trivial, uh, regardless of which country they're in, uh, which location they're in, and for free. And the idea was, can we make moving money as simple as that? Forget about fiat, forget about crypto, just use the best possible means to move money both within the country and outside country. And uh, we were shut down more times than the company and the countries that we operated in, uh, even though we are operating by the book uh, in most cases. And uh, because the precedents are pretty clear in fiat, there's been ton of uh, prior art, but it so that this process of of, of getting cryptocurrency uh, to broad market and getting them incredible efficiencies in current currency exchange, as well as uh, using fiat and getting fiat, and it doesn't matter what rails you use, uh, and. This thing has, has taught us a few things, which is, does blockchain make sense? And it turns out replacing fiat money transfer systems by blockchain eliminates some of the inconsistencies and uh, synchronicity problems in fiat that basically adds a ton of value just by replacing the system from legacy to blockchain. Forget about even cryptocurrencies just replacing the underlying framework, it works values. So why aren't we not using it? And it turns out uh, when we try democratizing uh, blockchain products, one of the things that needs to be really thought through was user experience. Because 
it doesn't matter the value that you bring to a customer if you make the product harder than what it is today harder than what they're used to it turns out no one actually cares about using it they would much rather walk across the street to walmart and slap a hundred dollar bill on the counter to send it to the family in another country so how do we bring all of these things together and, and solve that missing piece if any in, in the blockchain space so the number one it should be usability and today the state of art is 70 to 80 percent on ramp which is pretty good compared to where we started at, at, at metamask at 0.2 percent adoption rate <laughs> yeah. so um that's a huge multiple now what if we can get to 100 percent adoption get those last 20 to 30 percent of you that's that would be amazing if i could in theory solve that now how do i do that without shifting the liability game to the user to the brand and just you know playing the blame game how do we how do we make sure that the keys can absolutely not be lost and not just claiming that what if you can get uh, the biggest Paris insurance companies to be able to watch for you and the third part would be scale how do we bring everything that we learned about building historic systems at big tech into performing efficiently in the blockchain space so it turns out and the, and the final thing that 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 need that is needed to bring all of these things together is proactive compliance and um i know you know compliance is looked down upon in the in the industry and this is the big giant evil in the space but all compliance is trying to make sure is that if you are in a position where you can misadvertise or you can, excuse me, uh, if you are in a position where you are able to run away with the customer's funds, they want to make it really hard for you to do that. And if you are in a position where you are able to misadvertise and raise money from people, they want to make sure that you're not doing that and you're advertising properly. So at the end of the day, uh, protecting people is, is what it is designed for. In, uh, and so how do we bring all of these things together? So that is the biggest problem of why we even existed as a company. Um, and that was our big bet. It's like, let's fucking solve this elephant in the room. Um, so yeah, that, that's what brought us to the space, Wayne, and uh, that's that's what keeps us awake, uh, solving those problems and actually having solved those problems and now democratizing that more broadly. Absolutely, yeah. Before we dive into more about MetaKeep, I mean, you gave a lot of the background as to why why MetaKeep, and it, it's so true. And when you think, I mean, your statement about compliance, it's uh, the problem is not compliance enforcement. The problem is it, the problem is centralization and corruption and biases in that compliance enforcement right that's really why people have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to that it's when centralized systems control the enforcement or allow biases to creep in to where they can censor certain things okay where it's designed to protect people and i think we get a bad taste of that because we hear governments all the time saying they're doing this and that to protect people and then we find out no it's not really to protect people it's to protect uh, big business or big you know big corporate whatever or our lobbyists or things like that so that's what gives us a bad taste 
uh, in, in their mouth. So, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a big part of the problem. And you highlighted, man, a key, a key issue uh, when you were talking about what you were doing with WhatsApp pay. When you're following the rules and you're still getting shut down in all these, you know, in all these jurisdictions where you, you guys were trying to operate, it's not because they want you to follow the rules. I think the rules are designed uh, to keep certain people out. And the problem with monetary systems and in general is what you're going up against is centralized monetary systems controlled by governments or government related entities and they want power. And it's not really, I tell people all the time that centralization is something to where we can remove, just say the federal reserve in the U S let's just start with one country, the U S if we removed everybody that controlled the current money supply, everybody in the federal reserve, and we brought new people that were vetted, that were legit, that were on the up and up and put them in control of the monetary system. It wouldn't take too long for that system to eventually be corrupted again, right? Because <laughs> the problem is not just who's in control. It's that, that centralization control with no oversight, with no, uh, and that's what blockchain, when you, you know, when you lead into why blockchain, blockchain gives you that, that transparency that you would need to be able to say, okay, we can, we can have transparency. We can have uh, unbiased uh, governance, you know, and that, that's really what it what it needs so great points man i can't wait to pull some of these sound bites out already already thinking about that uh when, you know when some of the things you said already but dive into medikeep so you told us why medikeep so now tell us uh what is medikeep and um and just yeah let's jump into that absolutely so the number one reason why we why we exist is we solve that problem of how do we get everybody on the world to blo to blockchain and what do you mean by everybody on the world to blockchain? I'm talking about 100% adoption from getting from Web 2 to Web 3. So when we talked about the state of art it being 70 to 80%, the removing that final friction of where is that 20, 30% coming from, it's coming from the step where users have to go through to create a wallet, to create an account, that particular small step. I mean, you could add Google single sign-on, social login-based mechanisms, uh, you know, magic link-based mechanisms, OTP code mechanisms. But at the end of the day, when you introduce friction, and when you introduce a dialogue for the user to go through, you filter out certain people. Mm. And we ask this question, if we were to bring 100% on-ramp, what does that look like? So you just, don't even have one single dialogue between the user from where they are, which is Web 2, to where they are interested in operating it, which is Web 3. But then how do you create wallets? Like, you know, we need wallets to do that. So that is where we have exhaustive patent portfolio uh, filed in over 157 countries, I believe. And what that basically translates to is um, in one aspect, it basically is saying that let us get you in right now with what your identity is. We will create a wallet for you based on your public identity, a link to your public identity. But we will authenticate you when you need to actually use it. And what I mean by that is, let's say you have a grocery store and you are checking the ID for every single person that walks, that's trying to walk into the door. Why? Because you, 
you also sell alcohol in in your shop you want to make sure that everybody uh is is who is in the store is able to buy alcohol the better approach that's the current user experience the better approach is let everybody in and if someone happened to pick up a bottle of alcohol and they are at a checkout counter that is when we ask for their id so when you're needing to know it that's when you ask for it and that difference it turns out we are able to achieve guaranteed 100% on ramp over and over like repeatedly so that is one of the breakthrough innovations that we are able to bring in and then we are uh, democratizing the ip that we have as an open protocol working with companies building branded wallets working with companies building wallet as a service infrastructure uh, with uh, there is no product that you can build on, on, on Medikeep that is competing with Medikeep because at the end of the day, we are not a consumer brand. Um, and where we are back in the day of internet is uh, you have com- people going through AOL or CompuServe in order to actually access the internet. That is where mm-hmm. we are in terms of wallet technology today. But what we are bringing is kind of like the broadband of Web3 where if you're intending to go to Google, if you're intending to go to Netflix, that is where you go. And it turns out you need Wi-Fi. In this case, you need wallet in order to go there. And it's taken care of in the background. So the instead of making it a big deal about AOL or it's, it's about CompuServe, it doesn't matter. If Is it AT&T? Who cares? If, is it Comcast? Who cares? Google Fiber? Doesn't matter. But what matters is this experience that you think about a brand and then you are interacting with the brand and it turns out you need a wallet or wallet infrastructure in the background it is provisioned for you so that's uh, that's the number one biggest thing and um uh, and that's what we are super excited about to work together with fio on to bring the best of the capabilities of fio in combination with what we have built as an exclusive IP and joining that together. And uh, in terms of security, that's what we have also solved is that how do we make it non-custodial, but also how do we make it so that nobody is able to actually lose their keys, even if we physically wanted to try. Um, so th- those are the fundamental guarantees that play into compliance pretty well. It's because it's not about policies that, you know, trust me, you know, I have, I'm compliant with like, you know, this policy and I checked off these boxes because every major enterprise that has ever been breached, one thing that they have all in common is that they are compliant with a security or an audit policy. Yeah. SOC 2 certifications, uh, SOC 1, type 3, all of that. So it, it, it's no longer sufficient to have a checkbook and then uh, uh, check boxes and then checking it off. It should be, that, and that's the beauty of decentralization and blockchain is that it's not that I'm saying that I won't be wrong. I can't be wrong, even if I tried. So that is the beauty of it. So merging that advances in security with the advances in user experiences. And, uh, and, and when you do that, it turns out you actually comply with regulations because all they're trying to do is make sure that um, if you are in a position where you're able to run away with the funds or you know mess around with the user's 
stuff you should be there should be checks and balances in place to make it really hard for you to do that and if you are not in a position to do that you are uh, and, and that's when you are bringing proactive compliance into it because you are now one step ahead of regulation in making sure that both the customers are safe not because uh, uh, it's, it's good marketing strategy or it's because it's, it's good business it's because understanding the sentiment from where the governments are coming from and what does it look like and understanding that there will be bad actors in this space yeah so the regulation has to serve for the lowest common denominator and and that's what they're protecting and that's why sometimes it, it, it's really annoying because it, it the the one bad apple hurts everybody in the industry so when you make yourself into self-complying system as well as being able to make it impossible for you to even change your narrative on who you are then that is that, you get some really nice things that are compliant so that's a little Absolutely. bit what we are doing so yeah. awesome man yeah that's that's good stuff it's uh I've always said when I've talked to people in the past about adoption in this space and bringing new users in, you're right, the user experience of onboarding is so much friction, has been so much friction over the years. Are you gonna set up a wallet? Okay, bam, I got this seed phrase. What do I do with the seed phrase? It tells me not to not to store it on my computer, not to store it on my digitally, but I don't if I don't have a pen and pad with me, and then if I do write it down and I'm not at home, where do I put that? And so having the solution can't be that complicated to think about. It's got to be easy. And I've always told people that two things are going to going to further adoption. It's going to be one education in the space. People need to understand more about what this is we're doing. But then two, it's got to be user interfaces that make it super easy. Your comparisons are great. I think I think about uh, it hit me when you were talking about AOL. And you're right. I don't have to log into any kind of web server or uh, provider to be able to access the internet like I did before, where I had to had to do that with AOL and it should be the same thing that that the wallet shouldn't be a you know it shouldn't be not just necessarily just a friction point but it shouldn't have to put a lot of thought into that it should just be as easy as let me connect and let me go us nerds have a really interesting way to overcomplicate our lives and be able to preach to the world that this is how everything should be but <laughs> things could be much simpler if we could just take a step back and look at it uh, and that is the reason why we are democratizing it, uh, our IP that we have. And um, yeah, it's kind of like Tesla, if you will. So, you know, we have the patents on it. We are going, we are basically making it uh, open for our people to build with us. And, and even back in the day, when you're thinking about cars and mechanical systems, cars are not for everybody to drive. It required great physical strength for you to be able to actually run a car. So it is said that, you know, it's not for you, you know, cars are, are, are a certain section of community that, you know, that's, you, you can drive it, but not everyone who is, who is not as strong can drive it. Um, the truth is that it's not that you need to be physically strong to drive a car. The engineering was in the back in the day, it was such a way that it required you to do perform a great deal of things for you to be able to do that. In order to mm -hmm. wipe a screen, you have to get out and wipe it. Think about that. Uh, yeah. And then incredible engineering is what allowed us to basically cars, allow cars to now in San Francisco yesterday drive themselves. Yeah, yeah true. True, man. You, you talk about that. I, once when I was learning how to drive, I drove a vehicle that was that didn't have power steering. And, and you had to 
you had to really and those cars were heavier too so you're right i mean it took a lot of strength but technology improved engineering improved the process and it got easier and now more people are utilizing or or, or as you mentioned no people <laughs> just uh automation um awesome awesome man so let's uh let's talk a little bit about uh you know we partnered up together uh with fio and metakeep to launch the fio wallet uh obviously we're going to focus on gaming um which obviously anybody wanting to bring a web3 element to their to their project to their users to whatever anybody can use uh the the metakeep uh wallet that's you know that that we were partnered on but Maybe explain kind of what, what what do you see as a benefit for gaming when it comes to uh, gamers utilizing the Fio wallet? Absolutely. So there's two aspects to usability. One is that how do I get on the internet? And then the second part is, so if you, if you were drawing an analogy between Web2 and Web3, mm. first of all, how do I consume things? And then how do I interact with other things that already exist? So in terms of consuming things, that's where, um, you know, MetaKeep solved that equation that, okay, if you're already on the internet, turns out you're already on the Web3 and there's nothing complicated about it. Now, the second part is, now how do I reach out to people? How do I interact with people? And it turns out it's wallet addresses. I would be really, really surprised if anyone listening to this or anyone uh, on, the, on the planet is able to tell you in their sleep that, oh, this is my wallet address, 0x425, <laughs> like, doesn't make sense. Um, and as I said, like, you know, we nerds have a way of things, making things really complicated for ourselves. And that is where Fio has done an incredible job in building that cross-platform, cross-chain solution where it is as simple as an email address of Web3 in a way. So if you ask me, what's my email address? So naga at americeep.xyz. Now, what is going to be my brand handle for, for my handle for Web3? It's naga at americeep. Mm. And what do you mean? That's my wallet address. Or that's my identity on blockchain. So where did I get, where did that come from? The, at at MetaKeep came from Fio and the domain registration capabilities. It's it's kind of, it's like ENS but much more advanced and interoperable uh, everywhere else in, uh, on the chain. And um, as a customer of MetaKeep, for me, I'm able to associate myself by creating an association, so Naga at MetaKeep. Now that does a couple of things. One that is important for consumers. It uh, shares what my loyalties are as a as a individual. So if it is Naga at Nike or Naga at Louis Vuitton, so that's where my affiliations yeah. are. That's my camp. What am I advocating for? On the second side, as a brand perspective, when I told you that my handle is Naga at Medikeep, I signaled you this. I told you that I'm affiliated with this brand called Medikeep. And then that made you question, okay, so what is Medicaid? Mm. And uh, and that happens today in Web2, where if I say it's naga at gmail.com, so you have an instant brand recall that, oh, you must be using Google services. Mm. If it is naga at outlook.com, it's like, oh, you must be using Microsoft services and iCloud similarly. So you have this incredible brand recall that you subtly instill in people's um, conscious 
that um, it's kind of like a network effect where you are propagating the brand's name without even trying. Because now if I share it, uh, my handle with you, now you have thought about my brand. And then if you forward it to someone else in a group setting, everybody's seeing that post have thought about that brand, even though I'm actually not at all advocating for any brand. Right. So that is what is awesome about uh, companies building on the FIO protocol because now it solves for two things. One, FIO wallet and uh, in combination with FIO and MetaKeep and both of systems, it solved the problem in, in the gaming space, let's pick one, right? And it, it solved the problem of getting 100% of your entire user base and uh, online gamers in the Web2 space to Web3 like that. And the second part, now with uh, brand handles and, and domain names, I am able to create my community and give that an identity. And, and that is possible at, at super low cost uh, and, and operating with as a customer of uh, Fear Wallet. And I think those two value adds that is bringing people and then keeping people as well as making that interaction and brand recall and marketing ability built into it, that is phenomenal. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, and in the gaming space, uh, gaming guild. So not just brand recognition, but a guild community that wants to have a domain for their guild and then let each user register a handle using that. That becomes their wallet address. I, I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if that gamer is playing the game on Wax or Solana or, or Polygon. They can have the same handle that can carry with them across multiple chains and you know imagine and then you get to uh another game you want to play and it's on a different chain and you're like oh crap i got to create a different handle that works with this chain whereas with fio wallet and and metakeep it it's you've got one handle that that's interoperable with everything uh that allows them to do whatever that's like if you had 10 different email addresses right imagine okay this is my email address for this but wait if you want to send me another i mean it doesn't make sense so the same uh, same should be. I mean, one thing I've learned from, from just from talking to you today, and we've talked quite a bit in the past, but just the analogies to past technology adoption is what we need to pay more attention to because we do get caught up in how great this tech is, but it doesn't matter how great it is if people don't know how to use it. Yeah. Because we have solved most of the problems uh, in the world in the past and history repeats itself. And right. uh, all we have to do sometimes is look at what we have done and then bring it back again. And that's how simple it is. You know, previously, if I were to communicate on IRC channels, I need to tell you my unique code is and then domain names mm. and how do you communicate over that. Now it's, it's just an email address. Similarly, it is now just my brand handle, you know, the guild handle yeah. of the game. So that's, that's amazing. Absolutely. I heard someone talking the other day about back in the early days of the internet, he used to walk around with a piece of paper folded up in his pocket with all the IP addresses for the websites that he wanted to, to go to. That and, is really and, what we are solving with the domain names. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you're right, history does repeat itself, right? So, Naga, man, this has been a great conversation. Definitely appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, as we wrap up, why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more about MetaKeep uh, and where they can follow you guys at? Absolutely. So currently we are, the, we are um, uh, working on closed, you know, public release. So 
uh, more information is on metakeep.xyz. That's our domain name. But uh, if you want to check out, want to talk more about us, want to learn more about Fear Wallet and how do you get started with this, they can either reach out to you, obviously, or they can also reach out to me. It's, it's, it's the same uh, uh, side to the, the, the actual thing. So in my, my email, naga at metakeep.xyz. Um, yeah, so if you're building awesome. something amazing, let's fix the things uh, that that's broken in Web3. Appreciate that. Yeah, we've got so we've got the links in, in the description for uh, to connect with Naga and MetaKeep or us at FIO uh, or both. You know, if you want to connect and learn more about how we can work, uh, we're focused on bringing Web3 to the masses. And this is a great way to do it. It was a great partnership that just made sense because um, there, there's a problem that needs to be solved and it's staring us right in the face. And we can either say more people need to learn how to use seed phrases uh, or we can say, let's show people how to make it simple and easy to where it's it's frictionless. So, Naga, thanks again for your time today, man. It's been really great talking. Uh, any final thoughts or words before we head out? One thing to leave with, don't complicate things. <laughs> um, look at what's already solved and let's build from there. Awesome. Cool. Thanks a lot, Naga. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye.